Good morning. Thank you for joining this morning. Practice of being aware of awareness. So it's often helpful for me to notice right off the bat that something is already noticing everything. So this practice of being aware of awareness in one respect is not a practice at all because we are aware that we are aware right now. We are being aware that we're aware. The moment attention is brought to that, it's confirmed. We are aware that we're aware. And this beingness is well underway. In fact, there is nothing we could do to remove this awareness right now. Try to subtract awareness. And for that matter, try to subtract beingness the being. So in one respect, it's not a practice at all. The being is being, the awareness is present, aware of itself. You don't become aware of awareness. Awareness is self-aware. But the part where the practice comes in for me is intending to allow attention to stay. on the being, on the aware, on the awareness. So the practice isn't so much going and finding this being aware of awareness as it is returning to this natural state. When attention inevitably seeking the novelty that it seeks will go up and out to thought 
down into the body for sensation, seemingly out into the world. for objects and perception. All of that will happen in this next time together. It's just the natural flow of attention. So the practices notice and gently return attention to being aware of awareness. So the people that think they failed 50 times, or say 60 times, right? Say once a minute, attention goes out. Say twice a minute, people think they failed 120 times. And in the eyes of this practice, If each time, at some point, that was caught and attention got returned to being aware of awareness, then what there actually was was a perfect practice record. So we simply relax, watch, allow, and be. All of which is natural. The watching is just happening, it's happening right now. Something's watching all of this, something's listening, something's taking it all in. And we can notice it's all allowed. Now, mind does not necessarily allow everything. But that which we are allows mind, allows everything, allows mind to drop away, allows mind to reconstitute itself. So this practice requires the effortless effort to be ongoingly in touch with what you really want, which is to have a direct experience of the truth of what you are, to know thyself. If that intention is held, Attention will find it.
Adi Ashanti says, life tends to unfold along the lines of what we value most. So perhaps we take a moment to get in touch with what we value most. Another thing Adi Ashanti wrote is that there is no greater challenge for a human being than to be completely honest with themselves. So when it's asked, what do you truly want? What do you value most? While it's a helpful exercise to, you know, kind of call to mind my spiritual aspiration, from time to time, it is an equally helpful exploration. to just review where my time has gone, where my energy has gone, where my attention has gone in life. Just review that and then ask, what is it that's being valued most? Because we always do what we actually want to do. And that is what we value most. And so it's just an opportunity to dissolve an internal contradiction. If we think we should want something, or if sometimes we want something, that's a different question than what do we value most? 
and just allow ourselves to be shown, to have that revealed. What if we don't know what we value most? What if we're willing to just be shown, to check to see what we say we value most, what we think we value most? actually bears itself out with the living of our life. Again, there's no greater challenge for a human being than to be completely honest with yourself. Adi Ashanti goes on to write, no one can tell you how not to deceive yourself. So for those that feel a call to awakening, seems like it behooves us to 
kind of define our terms. And the way I heard Angelo DeLulo defined awakening is it is a it's a fundamental shift in identity. From repeatedly unconsciously, compulsively identifying with what we are not. What I heard Tom Das last night called BMW, the body, the mind, the world. So awakening is a fundamental shift in identity. away from identifying with what we're not. To what we are, it stands to reason that a, a step in that process is familiarizing ourselves with what we are and familiarizing ourselves with what we're not and disidentifying, right? Letting it go. So the practice of being aware of awareness is actually a practice of familiarizing ourselves with what we are. And as that, as, as that is happening, what we are not rises up. So every time we recognize attention has gone out to a thought, down to a feeling, out to a sound, it's an opportunity. to gently return attention to what we are. The awareness to which it arises, that in which it all plays out. So one of the most helpful things um, for me to disidentify, to identify what I'm not and then disidentify, 
is the is the kind of very very broad category of that which is temporary. I cannot be something that comes and goes. I don't experience myself as temporary. I experience myself as steady, continuous, always, constant. So the clearer I get about what is temporary, the more alacrity that's available to disidentify, return to my heart, return to what is, surrender back into being aware of awareness, that in which it's all playing out, by which it's known, with which it's recognized. So there's one aspect of all of our experiences that is, if I could say, constantly temporary. It is quintessentially temporary, and that is the mind. So I'll read from the first chapter of Inner Ramana, which is called Commentary on Mind. It begins, mind is not constant. The concerns of the mind for one day may be completely different than the concerns for another. If all of the concerns for one day are written down, it may be seen that concerns and imagined solutions conflict with one another so that no true peace can be found with the mind. The solution of concerns creates new concerns. And so again, there is no peace with the mind. This is why one must step away from the mind to find peace. Peace cannot be found with the mind. Stepping away from the mind is as simple as losing interest in it. When the mind chatters, it chatters because you are listening. 
as you lose interest in what it has to say, because you know its answers are not your answers. The chattering of mind shall fade away. Mind cannot be ignored entirely. Mind is like a tool that must be used if one is to experience this world in any way. Mind is the tool of perception. Perception can only be experienced through mind. But this is not the same as saying that mind controls perception or that one must listen to the chattering of problems and solutions of mind. Think of mind as a filter. This filter enables one to see objects where there is light. This filter enables one to distinguish differences where there are none. It enables one to communicate using symbols that represent something else. Without the mind, one would be unable to experience the world. But this does not mean that one must be subject to the mind. The mind, when believed and taken seriously, seems to define reality. But as I have just shown, the mind does not define reality. It places a veil of perception over reality. So reality can be experienced in a new way. This means that the mind is a trickster or illusionist and that which it creates is purely illusion. To believe the mind is to believe illusion to think illusion is reality, is to be completely deluded. Again, I emphasize that belief in illusion 
or the process of being deluded comes from believing the mind. This must mean then that the process of awakening is also the process of learning not to believe the stories of the mind. Again, this must mean then that the process of awakening is also the process of learning not to believe the stories of the mind. As a filter, the mind can be used to see and experience illusion without believing it. This experience comes from maintaining knowledge that is beyond the mind. It can also be said that this knowledge is before the mind. This knowledge exists now within the self, capital S self, at a depth that is below and at a height that is above the mind. In other words, the knowledge is always accessible and it takes only desire to remember and realize this knowledge. Again, the knowledge is always accessible and it takes only desire to remember and realize this knowledge. So we're back to what we really want, what we value, what's our true desire. We're back to intention, 
attention. If it's clear enough, delineated, plain, unified, unitary, unitive. Attention will literally seek it. If it is multiple, if it is diffuse or diversified among many things, the energy of attention will scatter likewise. And we will have many experiences, some of what we want, some of what we don't. If we want to know the truth of what we are, we want direct experience of our true nature. of our essential beingness, what is foundational to us. Attention will seek that. It will continually Notice that awareness is constantly present. This commentary on mind begins, the mind is not constant. It's true because it's not what we are. Awareness is constant. Being aware of awareness is constant. Awareness is always present and is always self-aware. Awakening is a fundamental shift in identity. Away from what is not constant to what is constant. It's not just constant, it's indivisible. The 
There are no divisions or boundaries in awareness. It is unitive with everything. It excludes nothing. It's the always and always. Perpetually present. And it is also indelible. Unaffected. It's not just unconditioned. It's not capable of being conditioned. It's always in the same pristine condition. It is pure, unitive, unitary. And it is in constant union with what is. It not only rejects nothing, it has no rejection mechanism. It not only judges nothing, it has no judgment capability. And it is the constant, natural, fundamental truth of what we are. It's always the background of every experience we've ever had. Attention goes to the foreground. That's its way. But awakening is a process of a fundamental shift in identity to the temporary, not constant foreground to the never-changing, always-present background. And it's not some new identity we acquire. It's simply a shedding of the conditioned identities we learned. It's an unlearning, undoing, unbinding. It's a resting back, it's a letting go. It's a yielding, a trusting, a being.
again, as a filter, the mind can be used to see and experience illusion, the foreground, right? Without believing it. This experience comes from maintaining knowledge that is beyond the mind. The background of awareness, well, those are words that the mind can comprehend. The knowing of it is beyond the mind because it literally sits, figuratively speaking, beyond the mind. It can also be said that this knowledge is before the mind. That's why mind doesn't know it. It's literally before or behind the mind. This knowledge exists now within the self, within our true nature. That nature being true means it's true always. Nature right here, natural. This knowledge is this this knowledge exists now within the self at a depth that is below and at a height that is above the mind. It's the entirety of the background. In other words, the knowledge is always accessible and it takes only desire to remember and to realize this knowledge. And this desire is accompanied by the knowing that we can trust this falling back, letting go, this path of coming home, as Tom Das talked about. Coming home and recognizing we know this place we intuitively know that we are divine expression. So we are called by desire to pay more and more attention to that knowing. To that still And Ramana goes on, I ask you to practice. I have given you a mantra. I am that I am. I ask you to practice this mantra to the utmost of your ability. This means practice as much as you remember. This mantra shall access knowledge and bring it back to you, similar to the way a computer command can access a saved file and open it into memory. 
And at the same time, I ask you to practice surrender. Surrender does not see the mind's problems and solutions as important. It puts aside the mind's stories and listens in the moment for direct communication from me. Still small voice, the inkling, the prompt, the intuitive hit. None of which come from thought or mind stories. Through the use of mantra and surrender, the mind becomes a tool that is used. It is no longer a tool that acts as user. Perception is still experienced, but the filter is cleansed of false ideas so that perception is experienced with clarity. This is also called true perception because it is not cluttered with ideas of illusion. Perception is seen and experienced, but truth is realized and remembered. So that the one experiencing and communicating through the filter cannot be referred to as diluted.
Again, through the use of mantra and surrender, the mind becomes a tool that is used. It is no longer a tool that acts as user. When the tool acts as user, that means identification's in place. We're identifying that that's us. So we're simply allowing the truth of what we are to continually expose the truth of what we're not. Perception is still experience, but the filter is cleansed of false ideas, false ideas of what it is not. So that perception is experienced with clarity. This is also called true perception because it is not cluttered with ideas of illusion. Perception is seen and experienced, but truth is realized and remembered so that the one experiencing and communicating through the filter cannot be referred to as deluded. And that's because the process of awakening is also the process of learning not to believe the stories of the mind. To believe the mind is to believe illusion and to think illusion is reality is to be completely deluded.
concludes our time together. <laughs>